We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Happy Friday, everyone. It's August 4th, and it is a great news day, surprisingly, in the NHL. There's actually a lot going on, and the smiling face of Jordan LaBarber from Sabres.com has joined us to fill the immense shoes of Martin Brodeur, Martin Brodeur, Marty Baron on this day. And uh, <laughs> I will say this, um, do we know what size feet Marty has? Is he like a 12 or 13? Because the running joke is always like, geez, you're much taller than you appear on television and i've never asked him oh not literally but the uh, metaphorical shoes are oh immense yes. yeah they, they are immense and <laughs> you know um it's it's funny because thinking of marty and all the behind the scenes shenanigans like you have literally become probably in my assumption one of the most trusted people from a player's standpoint in our organization <laughs> to be this conduit for content that we see on all our platforms. So what yeah. is it like? So speaking of big shoes here, Jordan, like <laughs> what, what is that like when you're kind of, you're almost always there in the filming and the planning and all of this of uh, some, and obviously I think people don't have to look long and hard to realize like they've been Saber fans have been thoroughly entertained by the content that was produced, <laughs> especially in this past year. Uh, well, one, that's high praise. So thank you. And it's not just me. It's a big team of us. But you're only as good as the as the players you're working with. And I don't know if they have a lot of – we've given them a lot of choice. They kind of just come off the ice for practice. And we just say, hey, want to react to memes for the next 10 minutes? And they go, okay, fine. And they're they're great sports. We're lucky to have a young team who's who's grown up with the in in the content uh, realm, so to speak, and uh, a lot of good sense of humor too. So it's it's a lot of fun. Can you give us the real behind the scenes as to how Jeff Skinner became what he became <laughs> this year, which is producer, director, writer, yeah. actor, creator? Yeah, I can't. So. I Jeff's told the story before he we hadn't gone undercover at our fan fest last year, which is coming back in, in September. Um, and we, we put together this ridiculous outfit for him. We dressed him up as a reporter from Memphis because we had a Memphis news polo line around. And um, he threw out some aviators and a angel's hat. And 
everybody knew it was him, which was kind of the gag. Like the idea is obviously this is Jeff Skinner and it's fun for, for the fans and it's, he's a funny guy. So, but he had it in his mind that we were going to do this like intense aesthetic Hollywood caliber disguise. And he was going to actually, which didn't happen. So he's like, well, you know, maybe there'll be another opportunity to do something else fun. And he mentioned between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis and time passed. And we brought the idea back up a few months into the season and said, you know, we got, we got to do this. Like if he wants to do this, we got to do it. And we asked him and he was kind of through our, uh, our PR person kind of was like, you know, maybe I'll do it. I, I'm not sure we're in the season now. And three days later he had typed up a script, which is the first time I've ever encountered that. We're going to, you know, normally we, we put, give the players things. Uh, and he had a script all typed out, ready to go. And he continued to do that for the remaining five episodes. So that's kind of how it came to be. Given that you knew and or witnessed a lot of the production, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know if the, how that impacted your natural reaction when you would see it after it was posted live for the first time. Yeah, you're definitely like you're definitely waiting for certain moments and see how they are responded to. Like one of my favorites is we had Ilya Labushkin dress up as Matthew McConaughey, uh, and like make a little cameo, which was just so random. And so you're, you're like, okay, are people going to think this is funny, or are they going to be like, what the heck is that? And normally it's a blend of both. Um, so yeah, you're you're looking for those, but also when you're filming it, you're doing it so like piecemeal and there's a lot of takes and cuts and so it's not as funny in the moment sometimes as it is uh after our editors get their hands on it and they're the ones who make the magic really well i think that's exactly what i'm digging at here is like how what caused you to laugh out loud the most out of any of these episodes even though you knew it was recorded in there and it might see the light of day when you saw something Uh presented like what did you like because I'm <laughs> I'm genuinely telling you, Jordan, that every episode it got to a point where I simply spontaneously bursted out laughing, completely shocked at what I was seeing and how it unfolded. Two things. Uh one is like in general, like Jeff's uh ability to like react on the fly in like a really understated way that's just really funny um happened all the time uh like there's one where alex tuck is clearly in a halloween costume and alex goes oh, that's that jeff's implying that it's a suit he wore to the game it's actually halloween jeff's just like oh that is halloween but it's such a funny tone and the other is anytime we got our team services person cole involved uh we had him dump water on his head uh we had him just inch up next to rasmus dalian so when the camera pans out Cole's right there and Rasmus is like what is this guy doing here those were the uh, the funniest moments when those two guys kind of took it and made it their own were you involved in the remake uh if you will <laughs> or the uh, creation this summer around 716 day where Cole was <laughs> wandering yeah. around the arena by himself missing Jeff because again like out of the blue months removed from the last episode Th- that to me couldn't have gone any better. It was hilarious when he's mm-hmm. digging through the recycle bin for smart water <laughs> to splash on his face. I was, yeah. We we just took 
pull around the arena and had him look sad. And uh, we had Jeff. This is another example of Jeff. Like we had him, we texted him a script to read mm -hmm. for the voiceover at the end of that video, which is on sabers.com if anyone hasn't seen it. And um, he sent us two versions back, one with edits he made and one as we sent it. So it's just another example of him like being really um, great to work with and like taking ownership of, of, of it while also still having an incredible season on the ice, which is, which is yeah. pretty cool. Well, producer Jeff just remind, reminded us of absolutely incredible one when he says to Samuelson, why do you have a goal song? <laughs> yeah. And the way he roasted Darlene too, just about, mm -hmm. you know, the number one status and all that. And, you know, could he have had better coaching growing up? Like it, it was just, well, it was so good. What it speaks to is like, a lot of the things we've got to do, like from a content perspective, mm -hmm. um, are only possible because of the the chemistry like that exists in the locker room. And Kevin Adams talks about culture all the time. And, you know, it's rooted in his experience with with Carolina and the culture they had when, when they were winning. And you to be able to tease your teammates on camera like that and know it'll be OK and also have that trust with each other, I think, says a lot about the culture. Uh, we we took uh, Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka uh, shopping for Christmas gifts to give to all their teammates. We filmed that, and that gift distribution became almost like a little team event on its own. And you just saw how the guys like they just really genuinely get along, and it, it's special to watch a group of like young players do that. You can see where it's headed. Well, so we hear that and obviously discuss that all the time. Jordan LaBarber from Sabres.com is with us here on the Friday edition of Sabres Live. Marty's back on Monday. Shana Goldman still to come later on in the show. And there's news around the NHL. Crazy contract signed by the Washington Capitals. Uh, and that's just part of it. Penguins, Flyers, Bruins all uh, in the news. So that's all Eastern Conference related. We'll dive in with Shana as the list of restricted free agents is dwindling. But today, Jordan, Sabres uh, are the focus of 32 and 32 on NHL.com. And, you know, our, our colleague Heather Engel wrote uh, most of the stories in, in involved in that presenting what's to come here for this 23-24 uh, campaign. Um, before we get into and and all these articles that are done on a team by team basis at NHL.com present, you know, kind of three burning questions. And we'll, we'll get into that in a, in a bit, just wide view of the Sabres right now. Like what is on your mind as you think about this group, um, which even though it was only a point or two, depending on your math um, is still a long ways from attaining its goal, you know, as we sit here in the summer. Yeah. I, I'm honestly, anticipation eagerness excite I, I i'm just so excited to see how they can build on the end of last year and there was a lot of points where the team i think in the public sphere was out of the race there were a lot of as, as early as that eight game losing streak um which i which did cost them in the long run and it happened again it happened late in the year we're like oh, well they're out of the race and they never were until the last until that new jersey loss uh, officially eliminated them so i think you saw resilience and i think you can look all around the roster and see okay the improvement can come from there the improvement can come from there and i'm really excited to see where it does come from and if they can make that step so when it came down to the actual questions uh, that were asked on NHL.com, um, 
the ones that were posed were first with goaltending, and the question was, can the inexperience in goal handle handle the load? How would you answer that question? I would say uh, Devin Levi. I would say it, it takes a unique. It will take a unique goaltender to do something that most young goaltenders don't do. And I would say Devin Levi is a unique person. Whether he plays 20 games, 40 games, 55 games, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if someone's positioned to do it, I, I do think he has a, a, just such a unique way of thinking. And I, we all saw what he did on the ice. I can speak a little bit off the ice. Um, he painted that mask uh, towards the end of the year. A lot of people remember that. And it, it was a unique thing. It shows his creativity and whatnot. But on the mask, he wrote, they told me I can't. So I did it. And so that's kind of like a microcosm of the way he sees the world. But it's also the trainers literally told him not to do that. <laughs> and he did it because they told him he wouldn't be able to. And it was a goofy idea. So I think it's just um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see where his career goes based on the little bit of time I got to spend around the team since he, he since he joined them. Mm-hmm. And that would be my answer to that question. And, and Ukul Paikalukin had good stretches last year. He did. Yes, so he did. I agree. It's not like he has no experience. No, and I, you know, uh, but again, here we sit, and it's the first week of August, and it's um, it's unclear as to who the tandem will be, uh, how the spots will be earned, uh, as far as, you know, who gets the most playing time in preseason and who actually outright wins a job, whether it's uh, somehow wrestling it away from Levi to start opening night, which seems unlikely, but anything is possible. But more importantly, you know, two goalies, three goalies, what happens to the third one uh, that is not, you know, um, you know, in a great spot um, because nobody wants to be that third guy when opening night rolls around. Another question on NHL.com, the second of three was how will the players handle raised expectations your thoughts i can tell you how they're trying to handle it and I, you you can point to kyle opozo's kyle sets the tone for that for that locker room mm-hmm. and when he resigned he made no secret of his his approach which is that we are not going to hide from pressure like this is we have the goal to he mentioned the Stanley Cup, like he didn't say we have to go to make the playoffs. He said we exist to try to win a Stanley Cup, and we're not going to hide from that. So I think they're going to go into the year with that mindset, with the tone coming from from Tyler Pozo. And there's there's peaks and valleys. They're not going to have a great 82 game run. Can you avoid that eight game streak? Can you make the valleys? Um, can you minimize the valleys? That's I think that's the question. It's the biggest one. It's it's um the sad reality is that whole eight game losing streak, if it had just been 0 4 and 4, they would have been fine. You, mm-hmm. you 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 can't go eight games without picking up a single point. That's just, you know, it's the it end. was it was unique though in 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 the in the culmination of factors that contributed to that streak. There were there were injuries at that yeah. time. There were close losses. Most of those losses were close games. So it wasn't um, – I almost think it, 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 it would be tough to have that happen again. And I think you, you've, you've added depth, which would prevent something like that, I think. And hopefully the experience uh, from the end of the year would 
prevent something like that. Well, that leads into, uh, you know, the third of the three questions posed on NHL.com's Sabres profile today. And that is, how will they settle competition at the defense position? How do you Mm -hmm. see it unfolding? I would say there is a lot of respect for the two defensemen who have joined the team this offseason, Connor Clifton and Eric Johnston. And uh, Don Granado spoke about Eric Johnson at the end of development camp, and he referenced how he might make the penalty kill better. I think he even went so far as to say Matias Samuelson can become an elite penalty killer with a presence of someone like Eric Johnson alongside him. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned how he's already been envisioning, okay, if Eric Johnson's playing next to Rasmus Dahlin, how will that look? If he's playing next to Owen Power, how will that look? So my takeaway from all this is that um, Eric Johnson's not joining the team to be a peripheral guy, but rather a, a guy who will really contribute. And I think we already expected that out of Connor Clifton. Um, and you know you have Samuelson, Dalene, and uh, Power locked in. Mm-hmm. I would imagine Henry Yokoharu would be the other mm-hmm. based on the minutes he's played consistently for the last few seasons. He's generally a 20 minute plus guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have depth. We're, we're operating right now out of the assumption that you have six healthy defensemen. And that typically isn't the case. So you have Ilya Labushkin as depth. You can keep going from there. You got Riley Stillman, Jacob Bryson, and we'll see. But those would be the six, I would imagine, based on those comments from Don Granado and, and based on Henry Yokoharu's playing time history. There are plenty of comments from Kevin Adams uh, within that 32 for 32 profile on the Sabres today at NHL.com. You can check it out. And they also had fantasy projections. And and that, you know, uh, sidebar to that for me is that one of the biggest disappointments in them missing the playoffs last year was they had so many players have career years. And normally Mm -hmm. that results in a playoff spot. Um, so it didn't, and that's a challenge, but because we talked goaltending, it was interesting to see within their fantasy projections, there was a question about goaltending and they had a projection of 30 wins for Devin Levi. So I will boldly sit here and tell you this, if Devin Levi wins 30 games, they're making the playoffs. So, um, I agree. okay. So now because NHL.com mm-hmm. had their three quote unquote burning questions, what other questions do you have? We're going to do this like newly yeah. with newly what is it newlywed game you know mm-hmm. like where you had to match your answer with your spouse not to make you feel uncomfortable as my spouse here for the no, next time, but we've yeah been wet a long time <laughs> yes yeah just think of who was cropped out of the picture on our road <laughs> trip uh that i posted anyway uh let's get to the questions what is your first big question for this team beyond what we've already talked about uh, well you just talked about career seasons i think it's a good segue i'm looking at who's taking a leap we we have a lot of measurable statistical leaps having been taken the last couple years Tage thompson dylan cousins rasha stalin the obvious ones uh jack quinn was a great candidate for that he's going to miss a lot of the year now so who who's going to take those steps and that could come in different forms it could be one of those guys i just mentioned Mm -hmm. rasha stalin was on pace for 90 plus points a lot of the year that would not surprise me if he actually attains that, if he's a little healthier. Casey Middlestat, I think, it, it, based on the way his season ended, is a candidate. Or is it a young guy like Yuri Kulik coming up and being a contributor? So where are those 
leaps going to uh, come from is, is one question for me. Okay, word for word, I didn't find an exact answer, but you danced around so many names, uh, you obviously <laughs> hit on a couple. Uh, I wouldn't say direct match, but who knows. Um, on to the next one. What's your second big question? What does the balance between offense and defense look like this year? Wow. And Don Granado, pretty much from the beginning, said it's harder to learn offense with a young team. And he said that is the priority. And he said that all along, and they finished third in scoring last year. Yeah. And I think towards the end of the year, you saw those close games against the close playoff game against Florida. The, you know, so they were playing for playoff position. The close games against the Rangers. I think players spoke to those games as examples of what they learned towards the latter half of that year about how to play those tight games that they'll need to play. And so what, do, what, do, what does the scoring numbers look like in relation to the goals against? A lot of high-powered offenses finished behind them in scoring last year. Tampa, Toronto, the Rangers, the Avalanche. Is there a little bit of dip in scoring? And is, does that compensate with, with the lack of goals against, I think, is, yeah. would be a goal for the team. Okay, not an exact match again on mine, but I'll show you my answers coming up. What is the last of your three? So this is a question the Sabres are thinking about, but it's a question that's fun for us as, as people who love the game is who's vulnerable? If the Sabres are making the playoffs, who's vulnerable for them to leapfrog? And I, the reason I think it's interesting is because you had the maybe the best regular season team of all time last year, the Boston Bruins, and they might be the team I look at. So going back to 2000. 10 11 the year they won the cup and even a few seasons prior boston is the best team by a good distance over los angeles in goals against they've been the best defensive team in the nhl that's been their identity how much of that identity is stems from having one of the best defensive forwards in the history of the game factor in david Krejci. we don't know what he's going what he's going to do expected retirement based on most recent reports so it, it it will be interesting to see how much of that identity that the Bruins have had for over a decade stemmed from one player. They still have one of the best players on the planet, David Pasternak. They still have a deep defense core and a great defenseman in Charlie McAvoy. I but but do, would you pick them over Tampa when you're looking at vulnerability? I, I would say they're more vulnerable than Tampa or Toronto certainly, mm -hmm. and. Um, I think that's an interesting question. There's you got the Islanders, you got the Panthers who are dealing with injuries. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see. Those are great questions, and I'm actually surprised based on. But you know what? You you said we actually talk a lot in the office, and we do. <laughs> so I guess the reason we do is because we all have so many questions. So we're constantly in conversation. Yeah. Like my my first one was this. Let's see if I can iterate. Can you see that? I knew. Can they become a top 15 team on the penalty kill? And if so, how? I had a yeah. feeling you'd mentioned the penalty kill. Yeah. So did you know that and, um, in, in the 12-year drought, they've had eight of those years where they've been under 80%. In fact, last year was yeah. the lowest PK percentage recorded in the 45 years of the 52 Sabre seasons that are in the books. They didn't keep special teams stats in the early 70s, but... Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, last year's 73% was the worst one that we've seen. And now 
part of that, it's not all an indictment on the Sabres because obviously scoring is up and a lot of teams' power plays are up. So therefore, <laughs> conversely, a lot of teams are struggling on the PK. But to me, the biggest change with this group is if they become a fi- top 15 PK, that changes everything for the because I'm not expecting a drop offensively. Yeah, and um, we spoke about it before, but I think that the Sabres targeted the penalty kill with the additions of Connor yes. Clifton. I think was one of the best players last year in power play goals against per 60 and Eric Johnson. Okay, one more here. Can you read this one? Who will earn the opportunity to play with Dylan Cousins in the absence of Jack Quinn? Yes. Who do you think? Oh, man. Because then you're getting into who's playing center and who's not. Um, I might... You'd love to say Yuri Kulik comes up and he's... he, But he is young and that might be a lot to count on. Yeah. You could kind of have a new version of kids line. Mm-hmm. This Casey Middlestat move to the wing. Oh, I don't think I don't so. Know. But that so leads us to question way. three. <laughs> Will Casey Middlestat produce another career year? He, he he was dealing with injuries for so long going into last year that it makes sense that it took him half a season to get going. Um, but I think it, it's going to be interesting to see where he falls in the lineup. Like, uh, I wouldn't rule out seeing him with Skinner and or Tuck. And and if he is, can they create recreate that magic they had? Career years for Thompson, Skinner, Tuck, Darlene, Cousins. This is outside of first-year players, obviously. And Casey Middlestat. And among the group, nobody more than doubled their previous high other than Casey Middlestat. Mm-hmm. It is overlooked, not talked about enough, and recognizing where he is at age-wise and contractually within this group and all the intangibles that get spoken about him by the coaching staff and his peers. It's an enormous year, I think, mm-hmm. for Casey Middlestat. Because if he duplicates or even improves upon last year, I think he establishes himself then as a core player moving forward. I absolutely agree, and and he also he has an opportunity to take the Sabers where they want to go. I think because I think if you add another player, producing mm-hmm. like in that caliber offensively, then that could be a huge difference. Great stuff, thank you as always. And uh, I I it's fair to say that you filled in the shoes admirably for Marty on this wow. day. Wow, very proud. Thank <laughs> you, Doctor. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you soon. There is Jordan LaBarber from Sabres.com. We have the great Shayna Goldman from The Athletic coming up next here on Sabres Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.